Kelly, I have to say, uh, Reggie, Gabe, James, Tony's in here. He's got a mic. Hi. All right. <laughs> um, and uh, we're hanging out. It's a beautiful day here, but it's a bit of a somber one because we are going to talk about uh, the. Well, this is the bad biggest of ups that we have given on this show to the one and only, the great Eddie Van Halen. We have to give him the mad big yeah. ups. I died um, Wow I like that um, He died on Tuesday um, Age of 65 Long career Known about uh, That he's had tongue cancer And throat cancer for a minute But It's very sad Great free bro by James. Is that a moment of silence, really? That was a moment of silence for you? Well, you right just there. kept saying really depressing shit, so I had to take us out of it with uh, a little bit of, you know. Go ahead, James. Take it away, James. A lot to say, a lot to say. Go for it. A lot to say, man. Your, your moment's here, so, well, you know. Well, here go we go. I know. <laughs> you got the bullshit out, so <laughs> please back it up. Oh, uh, dude, Eddie Van Halen, uh, one of the most, with no exaggeration, important guitar players of... Uh, of, of electric guitar ever to live. Uh, he was the last of the four most important guitar players in electric guitar history. Uh, he was the last one living. The one before that was Jimi Hendrix. And the one before that was Wes Montgomery. And the original one was Charlie Christian. And every time one of these guys came along, the way everyone played guitar changed. Uh, and... Eddie Van Halen was the last guy to do that. And uh, super mad big ups to him. Uh, even if you were not a fan of his, or even if you didn't listen directly to him as an influence, the people that he influenced in turn through multiple generations, uh, it, you, you, can't, you can't escape it at all. It's he's he, he's one of the most important guitar players ever. Ever. Come on. Okay. All right. Respect. Okay. All right. I believe that. Man, pick up. So he so you said tongue cancer. Yep. Tongue cancer. Had it for 14 years. Does this go back to Damn. the guitar to the cigarette on the guitar. Is that anything? He gave yeah. a couple theories. He said that uh, from him holding a middle a metal pick in his mouth in the studio of 5150, which was his home studio. He said having a metal pick in his mouth while uh, standing, and he said a virtual electromagnetic field. What? 
withdraw these the uh, radiation and all that into, into the his, pick, into the pick, and into his mouth. <laughs> or he smoked wow. cigarettes for could have been forty I, I, years. I bet yeah. it's probably cigarettes. Yeah. I think it was yeah. chain, smoking chain smoking for years. Yeah, and yeah. Years I don't and think years. that's what it was. <laughs> years and years and years. The electromagnetic pick. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um. There's. A, I mean, you know, he has. He had lived a real life of decadence. Uh. For years. Um. And a lot of that was kind of on the low as far as what exactly he liked to do other than um, drink, because that seemed to be was the, uh, more of the uh, his image was just like a party, the, the party, beer drinking. Yeah, but, but even, the be- even the beer drinking was in such excess. I mean, he <laughs> drank a six pack in the morning to just like get right. That was like, later. Early, yeah. Well, even he that was, was in, later. He was still in his 20s, though. But it's like the end of his 20s, like. Mm-hmm. This is when that shit started, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to that's a lot on your body. Yeah, to to handle for extended years. As far as we know, is that he really was. Uh, I mean, he was living that life, and he would go off and on, um, you know, and had you know a lot of different injuries and things of that nature. Uh, but you know, he kept on the road till about 2015, and then. Um, uh, the rumors were that they were going to have a reunion, like the classic reunion of all four, uh, all four guys of Mar- Mar- uh, Mike Anthony, the bass player. Yeah. He has not played with the band since '04. I, I didn't get to see them with Michael Anthony. I saw them with David Lee Roth and the brothers. You uh, when they got back together? Yeah. What What year was that? Did I think it was like it? 2013, Ooh. 2012. Okay. Yeah. That's when his son was playing bass. Yep. Yep. That was uh Wolfgang. 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 Yes. Which he's a he's a really good musician. Of he's, course he's he got is. Some, he's gonna be fine. He's got some incredible, like some serious videos of him playing. Yeah, but he's not he doesn't have the pipes of Michael Anthony. Well, I mean And no. I'm pretty sure that there was some Michael Anthony singing on tracks. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Chicken Foot. But although... uh, Dude, those guys... Pause for just a second. Chicken Foot, those guys just love playing. Yeah, they they do. They just love life. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like them or not, Mm -hmm. they're just having a good time. Yep. Sammy Hagar, of course, uh, front man of Chicken Foot. And, you know, I'm not a a big fan of his Van Halen stuff, but he's a good guy. I think there's some good stuff there. It's definitely different. It's not the same as David Lee Roth, you know, and his uh, his lyrics. Um, Sammy different Hart, attitude. Hey, definitely way different attitude. Uh, Hagar is definitely a more workman-like, if you will, kind of attitude with his lyrics. But he had some. They had some good songs. I liked. Um, I liked some of the the first shit. The first record they came out with together. Um, that fifty one fifty. I think yes, fifty one fifty. Um, what's what's that? The jam. <laughs> that one, that one, that one's bad as motherfucker. <laughs> so this is Why this is the deal. This be that one. So everybody. That uh, so the big uh, the overall uh perception of that song from all the fans and the critics at the time. If uh, a lot of people didn't know, was that um. They were expecting, you know, it to be a continuation of the hard-rocking Van Halen from the album 1984, and instead it was like a synth-driven tune. Mm -hmm. So why can't this be love? 
Yes, fans is what they got. Fans are always telling bands what record they're supposed and to put critic, out next. And critics, like, <laughs> just like how come this record isn't like the last record of, of uh, Trolling Stone? Yeah, this is such a that's the, this is quite the departure, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Now this album has hard hitters that resemble what Van Halen is known for. Yeah. This isn't yeah. the majority of shit on the record. Yeah. But this is definitely. I mean, it's good. Like, nah. But uh, it's, it's a little not, different. It's it, a little more adult, you know. A little uh, bit more adult contemporary. Yeah, and, I was uh, gonna say that's mess. That sounds super album, soft to me, regardless of the fact that the album. Well, I mean, regardless of the fact that there's a lot of uh, distortion and shit on there, that still sounds mega soft. Yeah. In comparison, and that was to, that like, was the ballad. Guitars. That was the ballad of that album. This is too. Can you pull up, pull up some of that guitar that you were playing before during the other song for whatever reason, so yeah. we people, can, people can hear what you're talking about. All right, yeah. well, okay, I'll just do actually just one album earlier, two years before that. Uh, the 1984 album or the? Yeah, 1984. There's just like a standard tune on the album. And his album with Hot for Teacher on it, but yeah. it's just a regular tune. What song is this? This is my favorite song. Uh, Girl Gone Bad. <laughs> In Panama. Panama. Panama and Hoppa Teacher. I can barely hear you, Tony. Can you hear this? Let's turn, I'll turn Tony up more. So what is this? Girl Gone Bad. So it's yeah, it's one of just like the, the the B sides on the album, but it's just like just off the bat, it's like all like rock stuff. And you know what? Even. Yeah, it's like hard hitting shit. Almost kind of sounds like a rush. It does. It sounds like there's that synth sound in the background. There's like it a is. synth sound in the back that sound, reminds me of Rush. Oh, that bass sound. It's the guitar, I guess. It's just like the, just the, guitar the whatever the sound of that guitar that is, is. The Eventide harmonizer. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be said that like fucking they give. He gives like fucking Michael Anthony these drone bass now, lines, dude, and then he just the shreds thing, them. The this was the ballad of the album, uh, as far as like, but it switched in like a year. It went from this type of like, almost like cars type of yeah. uh, synth song to the uh, adult contemporary um, Sammy Hagar. This is album. after they're really popular. Yes, this is at the height of yeah. their popularity. Arguably the most popular they will ever be. This sounds like a, um, like some sort of 80s fucking TV show theme. It's straight yeah, up. Like, it sounds like MacGyver or something. Straight up. I feel like this is really good. Yeah, it totally does. It's the A-team. <laughs> yeah, A-team, all of it. It's right in the pocket. Sure. Yeah, dude, so this is like the whole vibe. Also, this album in particular... Has no regular toms. It's all roto toms. Of course, just like uh, no BS rest. Yeah, just like no BS rest. Like yeah. like Lance. Mm. Uh, what is a roto tom? Uh, you ever seen those drums where it looks like? That, first of all, that's a great question. A roto tom. Yeah, a tom normally has a, sh- a wood, a hoop, and a wooden shell, and a, right. and, a, and sometimes another hoop at the bottom. Another another head membrane. At the t- at the uh, a roto tom just has the hoop at the top, and there's no shell. But inside of the hoop, there is a mechanical mechanism that, as you turn it, it tightens up the head. 
it tightens it as you t- as you turn it. So right. you can so you can make the drum higher by giving it turns. You can even so that's hit the it. Tom. You can even hit it and go it'll go boom and turn it. And it'll like go up in pitch like that. Yeah. Thank you. Very eighties, yeah. like Peter Gabriel sounding like crazy blah 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 like also, really clacky, also, you know. Okay. It's really popular in go go music. Yeah. And I uh, play some guitar. I, you've you've came you're playing a lot of sweet deep oh, well, uh deep well, cuts and, and B sides. Play some also guitar. Just another thing, let me just say though, all those synthesizers are Eddie Van Halen. Hell yeah. Like that's you know, that's the other thing. It wasn't like when they went to synthesizers, it wasn't about oh fuck Eddie. It was like, nah, it was kinda like Eddie doing some cool shit. It was like this was Eddie's Eddie's thing, you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? And uh, later, I think that's why I liked a lot of his stuff. Uh especially guitar tone. Yeah, oof, unchained. Woo! This is the jam right here. Yeah. But even right now, I mean that song with the piano, I mean that song is fire. That's all Eddie. Also, Michael Anthony. That's, that's what is rocking right there. Totally so underrated. <laughs> the bass sounds awesome. Hey man. Low bass. The, the bridge or the pre-chorus of this song. Pre-chorus is hard as fuck. This is, the, this is the fire shit. The pre-chorus. Hustle Season Radio. Yeah. Mad Big Us, Eddie Van Halen. Woo! So, was he the first one to... Hi, so gross. What were you saying? Oh, was, was Eddie the first one to do tapping, or did he just make it famous? He was the first one to do it with. He was the first one to do it with the accuracy and mastery that uh, that we know him for. Like, so hey, Gabe, hey, Gabe and James, what's tapping? Okay, oh, tapping yeah. is like uh, yeah, exactly where on you, a guitar. Yeah, tapping on a guitar is where what we're talking about is the act of actually. Uh, hammering on with your right hand. So if I was right-handed, the picking hand, I would hammer on with that hand and pull off with that same finger I used and then use fingers on my left hand to hit down again to make like a three-point or four-point arpeggiation. So it would be like a... And you keep doing it over and over and over again, and it uh, it's like a trick, kind of. Put some put uh, put some of that on so people know what you're talking about. So let's go, let's go right into that to the classic man, to the classic Van Halen. You nerds, and I gotta say though, I'm learning a lot here, and I gotta say like this stuff was originally done in the late '60s and early '70s on. Uh, Genesis albums. Oh hell yeah! Uh, by their guitarist, and he was doing more of a thing where he was hitting him and the keyboard player would be playing like a moog, like a mini moog synth, and then the guitar player would be like playing a fuzzed out arpeggiated deal, uh, doing the two hand tapping thing, yeah. and it made just it was like a synthesizer, like ar- arpeggiated stereo coolness. But on guitar. Thing. But on guitar, it's dope. Uh, so I like, love, I know, um, I was seeing a lot of uh, Genesis slander on Twitter, and I don't, I don't like it. Uh, I think those people can go <laughs> fucking rotten hell. Yeah, they can go drink kombucha and rock rotten hell. If I, don't, I don't know if Genesis <laughs> aged well. I think it. I think I some think of it, it did. did. 
Which, which, which one's the, uh, well, I, like I guess the sounds, the sounds. Listen, whoa, kinda, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, we're getting off subject. We got to talk about the God. Of right course, now. yeah. The God. <laughs> so, tapping uh, also, uh, if you're a jazz fan, uh, Stanley Jordan, uh, that technique he was using. He was, was doing, he was on a different, different plane and he predates Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eddie Van Halen, like I said, was doing it in that way and the fluidity that he had, like, Stanley Jordan could do that, but he didn't do different, it. Different different type of music, yeah. I had a I had a question about other guitarists. Is, yeah. is Chuck Berry considered someone that changed guitar? Okay. And, and Robert Johnson, I've been listening to a lot of blues. Robert okay, Johnson. so let so this is the deal. When I said earlier there are four guitar players that change guitar, and I stand by these four guitar players like very strongly. I feel you. That uh I'm in the same room with you. That I, feel I you. think uh, I think there was only four guitar players that solely, whenever they came to prominence, they became uh, the new they, standard. They, yeah, the new stand. Thank you, the new standard. Yeah. Oh, they, gotcha. Yeah. So, like Charlie Christian was probably the first guy because. And what band was he in? He wasn't jazz. in a band. He was just a jazz guitarist that played as a sideman with a lot of people. Oh. And he was the first electric guitar player. And I mean electric guitar player, specifically because Jingo Reinhardt, not included in this. He played one later on. He's not included in this at all. Okay. Andre Segovia, not included in this. We're talking about electric guitar players. But uh, Charlie Christian was the first guy to play solos like a horn player on a guitar and be loud enough for everybody to hear him because he played through an amp. Uh, and then after that, there was Wes Montgomery because he played guitar more like a piano player. He could play a bass line, chords, and a, a melody all at one time. Then the next guy to really do that was Jimi Hendrix could do all of that. And he did it within a rock and R&B context. And then he also, with technology, uh, through effects and amplification, pushed that even farther and then the next person to do it was Van Halen. And nobody has really affected, has really changed guitar, the standard of guitar playing since then. There's, there's people that have, that have taken what all of those guys have done and made it better, but not, uh, not reinvented it at all. But so anyway, I'll play this. This is what came out on the first Van Halen album. And a lot of people were arguing, is this a synthesizer with an arpeggiator or is this a guitar? And it, you know, it's a guitar, but a lot of people didn't actually believe it. You can hear the, the Hendrix influence immediately. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Killing it. This is where people got freaked out. Yeah. Still good. It's still good. Yeah. <laughs> Daft Punk stole this. 
Now, the crazy part about this is, not to ruin anything, the whole solo up until then was exponentially harder than this thing at the end. Oh, of course. This is, is cooler, though. Turn it back out. <laughs> That. You ever seen it like a fucking like a fifteen year old kid doing that at a fucking guitar center? Yo, man, you know they were. I, I worked at Richard Music Center, and I heard so many people trying to play that. It is yeah. it's criminal. They should. They, up, they I think they end up putting signs on the walls about stuff like that. You know, it's just like no oh, yeah, none of that. None of that. No, no smoke on the water. Well, it's funny too because they, they would they would skip. Like it's funny because you say how it was. They would skip that first part and they just play that cool part that everybody <laughs> like <laughs> yeah they, they get rid yeah you're so right you know what so I'm talking right. about yeah they play the finger tapping thing because it's easy it's, it's fun it sounds cool everybody's super impressed by but, it uh, but Van Halen would put that finger tapping shit like right in the middle of a normal solo and it's just man he, he just killed it I would but, say that sound right there is the Eddie Van Halen sound yeah, you know, that's that, the, that's from the, the 80s first album. Really. He invented, like, people, I think, hear it as that, but mm-hmm. it was just him, and it was before the 80s. You know what I mean? Right. Was it? This is before, that was before that. The, was 1978. This, yeah. yeah. And, like, um, everybody from that point on that heard that album had to have some of that in there. They'd go, like, oh, the greatest gu- rock, rock and guitar player ever is doing this. Shit. Was that kind of like the birth of uh, hair metal or, you know, like hair rock? Glam no, rock. Like no, Demi no, Dem- no, Kiss that no. came out at the same time, right? Well, no, I would no, think it was the check birth. Check it out. Kiss is credited with discovering Van Halen and getting them signed. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I would say that that was like the beginning of the coming out of the disco era because like Tom Petty broke around the same time. They were like, there was uh, uh, Elvis Costello came out around this time. So there was like a, there was also like a resurgence of just hard rock. Yeah. I think that was the thing. I think he also so, was, oh, wait, let me cut you off. Wait. No, no, I mean, that, I think that was just, the, that was like more of the emphasis of what was happening in the late 70s. It was, uh, there were a lot of people just trying to bring back like raw music. Uh-huh. And I th- and this was like part of it. So Kiss, Kiss and Gene Simmons definitely had like a big part in this and like cred almost. Yeah, I think I think you got. I'll say I I'd say I throughout the eighties too with the hair metal and all those guys, like I think you kind of had to have a standard to sound somewhat like Eddie Van Halen. I, I was gonna say I think that he brought along just the very idea of if you had a rock band, your your lead guitar player had to be good. Yeah. Like there yes. wasn't no there wasn't no middle ground. Your lead guitar player had to be able to shred. And your singer had to sing high notes. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like if he, if that, if that wasn't happening, you pretty much are not a rock band in LA. Fuck you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. at all. This was the pro- this was this became the prototype. It became for sure. the prototype. Kiss, yeah. Aerosmith, sure. Led Zeppelin, every all those bands. Yeah. yeah. And then you all see in the shit. '80s, the '80s, even the glam stuff. I mean, that was still off of the prototype of Van Halen, Motley Crue. I mean, yep. that's like, I mean, yep. totally down Guitar bad. player is I mean, like... And also that is part of the Zeppelin thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like when yep. the guitar player being named as like almost like one of the lead singers. You go, yeah. like, oh, I know the guitar player's name and I know the lead singer's name. And also, I think that's also, the Van Halen thing. Also, we should recognize fucking Alex Van Halen hey. is, is a great, great drummer Incredible. and does some cool shit. Does all this type of stuff. And Alex has only really played with Eddie. Dude. So the, the, the groove that Eddie and Alex had together is just, uh, 
I mean, it's incredible. They have an incredible group together. Hey, man, not to be too much of a, bump, of a bummer, but it's only going to be a downward spiral until Alex dies. Because we saw this with Pantera. Oh, now you're going to bring this up. I mean, not, this, what did I said was we saw this. Was we saw this with Pantera after Dimebag Daryl died, who also was really good buddies with Eddie Van Halen. I hope, yeah, I hope not. I hope that that's not the way it goes. And they buried Dimebag with uh, one of Eddie's guitars or something with like that. Eddie's number one guitar, that ever, the most famous guitar. Eddie showed up pretty intoxicated, that's crazy, supposedly, to that funeral. To Dimebag Daryl's uh, funeral? Yeah, to Dimebag so, Daryl's so funeral. Did, so did the singer, but Eddie's not a white supremacist. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that whole that's not, guy, say my band has a medic, though. And that guy, God. that really depends <laughs> but, on the day with that guy, too. I know, I know. I, it depends really, on how many painkillers he's on, but God damn it, I love pants. I think it killed Phil that, I think, a, or whatever I think it kind of killed that band in a way, too. No, Phil killed the band. He killed the band because of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that dude is is seems to be very unstable. <laughs> yeah, very, you, you think a little bit, a little I, bit. I show I showed you Ari Shafir's post about all this, right? About Van Halen. Yeah, uh, dude, I love it. I love Van Halen. I love Ari. Shafir. You want to hear? <laughs> all right, you ready? Ari yeah. Shafir. All right, just put it up. <laughs> tell, tell them. I don't know who actually this, knows what the okay. deal is. Oh shit! I gotta bring it up real quick. Oh, uh, you don't even have it up. You keep moving on. No, I'm fine. No, shut up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, you're so upset because you don't have anything to say about this. Anyways, uh, he's texting bro dudes from the '80s, '90s, and today. That's like with the with the, the, the texting. Yeah, so it's like a text to all these guys. Oh That's what God. it looks like. It's a new text message, and it's two bro dudes from the '80s, '90s, and today. Eddie Van Halen songs for the LA of music, easy, soulless, and without bite. His only purpose on this planet was to make the soundtrack for toxic masculinity. Burn in hell, Nazi. Hashtag, I'm glad you're dead. Wow. And then he said, as uh, the caption, wow. he said, he kicked out David Lee Roth because of anti-Semitism. Google it if you don't believe me. It's well documented. Hashtag, alt rock forever. It's a horrible post. Are those, ba- are those fake laughs? No, it definitely, had, it definitely has to be. <laughs> sounds like fake laughs. It has to be very tongue in cheek. I mean, to the point of, I mean, that's that's really on the nose. <laughs> I a, mean, I know the deal with the post. No pun intended. Puts up, you know. But, whatever, uh, but so what? So <laughs> that was great. What's this anti-Semitism? Accusation. Oh, it's just made up. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. made it's up. Just so it's just because David Lee Roth's Jewish. Totally. <laughs> Sammy Hagar isn't. Mm. Like, why not? Mm. Why not bring that up? And also, Ari can get away with it because he's Jewish. I did. Uh, it's hilarious. I did last night do a little bit of a deep dive on the on the YouTubes, and uh, I went to David Lee Roth's radio show that he had um, back in 06. The one when he had the, he got them to bring sand into the studio so he could put feet, his feet in the sand while he's on the radio. So when he was, um, so basically when Howard Stern left Terrestrial Radio, they got David Lee Roth to be his replacement for, Totally equal replacement. Yeah, for a year, I think. Um, it, It just lasted for a year and it was a really interesting it was basically definitely one of the first podcasts it does not sound like a radio show it, it is because he it's just him rambling it's just him. he no 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 though the radio show is better than his pot his <laughs> podcast later his podcast later is way crazy it's like he's on molly or something no he's on some other <laughs> shit that's how he is all the time i know though, man but, like but, that's his personality but i tell you though on the radio show it's way more in like it's I don't know. He's just a lot more measured with it. He's making more jokes and stuff, but still, he's actually given a lot of like interesting facts. And he's he talks telling to, you about all types of shit. He's talking to he I'll talks tell you about, all about it. 
there you go. He talks about a ton of Van Halen shit on the show that, like, I mean, he, t- I think people just didn't like to listen to him because you would have to really listen to all of the bullshit that he says for, like, forever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he'll give, like, a good 10 minutes of these awesome gems from Van Halen and from, like, the whatever. And it's great. That's and awesome. Then, and then he'll go back to whatever. But um, whenever I listen of- to it, when I listen to it, he's be like, let me tell you about that time I bought my third samurai sword when I was living outside of Ok Okinawa. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, dude. yeah he's <laughs> way, 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 way into the uh, the Japanese thing. They actually he learned to speak Japanese mostly through watching Japanese mob movies. Makes sense to me. That's how everyone says they learn uh, English through watching Sesame Street. And then they started casting yeah. him in Japanese mob. No, yes. the 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 formation of this band is kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is just it, it, it's almost of legend. Cause it like, is because like okay, so they like the brothers were like killing it, but they're like you know they were never going to be anything, no matter how good Eddie was. They, they were nerds. Gonna, they weren't. They were dorks, and they weren't going to be anything unless they had a cool front man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Lee Ross was bugging them like a like a kid in class that like raised his hand, and the fucking te- teacher just doesn't want to pick him. Like anybody else, literally anybody else, he just me, me, me. And he he the way he got in way a lot of fucking actually things should go back to this. I'll, like this same thing happened with uh, Ozzy for Black Sabbath, but mm. David Lee Ross, he's like, hey, I got a PA system. I want to sing. Yeah. Let me join your band. I got the PA system. I got a PA system. That's, 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 that's some old 60s shit, too. That's some real shit. <laughs> you want to got the PA system? You're, I'm the lead singer now. Shit, I think that's how Temptations probably started. Probably whoever, whoever owned PA the gear. System, that's how you determine. <laughs> yeah, Otis, you get to fire people. Otis, Otis had, the, had the room. Had the room where they could probably be able to dance and stuff. Yep, James room. Brown. He's like, I bought everything. I bought uh-huh. the whole stage, everything. You know that was his drum, <laughs> that was his drum set that <laughs> they everything. played. You know, that's, it was my drums. Yeah, so like he... And eventually they were like, yeah, and like he was not a good singer. Yeah, no. He was fucking bad. Yeah. He but was... he had moves. He had vision. He had yeah. the scissor kick. Yeah, the scissor the, kick. Well, yeah, no, he like, hit the kicks. He's like, yo, we're our first big show. We're fucking skydiving yeah. onto the fucking field, onto the stage and shit like that. Yeah. And he just had big ideas. It's something that like those guys, just they're so focused on music. Uh, which is great and all, but he was like, "Dude, we there's more to this. Skydiving, we need more." It is a horrible. Idea. I mean, he's like, <laughs> he's no, like, that's a bad. He's idea. like, he's like, yo, throughout really our show, that. throughout our show, we're gonna give, we're, Eddie, you're gonna have a ton of solos, of course, drum solo, of course, even let's give this drunk ass bass player a solo. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna do a sword solo. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you're gonna oh, what? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wave around some swords. Jump and kick and spin around, yeah. and I'm gonna fucking, and it's gonna be great. They're like, All, All right, right, man, <laughs> I'm gonna go get a drink, man. How long All is it right. gonna be? <laughs> yeah, essentially, essentially, he was like, I'll get the girls, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he once was. that happened, and he, like, what, yeah. Motley Crue, the same way, he got him, yeah. okay, he fucking got him. He showed up. There was a whole, there was a, um, a wrestling group when I was a kid that looked all d- looked like David Lee Roth called the Rockers. That's and awesome. there was another guy called the uh, Ultimate Warrior. And they all looked like Van Halen. They all had like neon orange and, and green and like tassels around their arms, look. you know, to like striped paint. And everyone was doing scissor kicks and like <laughs> everyone was being David Lee Roth, man. Yeah. I mean, look, they were definitely. I uh, sing the blues. They definitely kind of like really crashed the industry at the time when they needed it. I mean, you when know? they when like when he came in, just like 
writing songs like deliberately about sex. Uh, he's like, we're gonna dress up like the like we're like a fucking doo-wop group, and you know, like mm-hmm. I don't think any of those guys had a vision like that. I think well, they, they could have done it without David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth, show business. He directed all the videos. He storyboarded the videos. He would edit the videos. He he's made like a he dance did, mom. He did all of the uh, album covers. You know, yep. he did, he designed the all the he artwork. The he's the only one that had the vision and. When you see oh, that. Oh, you mean like pageant mom or something like that? Yeah, he's like a dance mom. <laughs> he like, kind of is, cutie, you know. He, cutie, patootie, but, like that. But he's also like a showbiz kind of guy. And that's the one thing that I think they had in common, too, was they have a showbiz factor. Yeah. Like, Eddie Van Halen was a showbiz guy, though. Like, the way that he would play. His parents were showbiz They were showbiz. People. Yeah, and the way that he would play with, like, he's playing all this difficult Amazing guitar shit, but he's doing it with a smile. Yep. And That's the like, thing. You know Dancing what I mean? Like it's everything. it's that charming thing, and he always had that like that star kind of quality. And d- him and David Lee together, that that was like a real good combination. Yeah. Obviously, it Agreed. really was. It worked extremely well until it didn't work. Um, you know, I mean, well, a I mean, lot of the times, the times just changed on him. You know, you know, like right before them, I feel like rock bands were trying to be scary. You know, and trying to be like, you know, uh, your mom's also, your mom doesn't want you to see this, you know, Satan and blah 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 well, blah blah. That, you know? They were never about that. They were never, I think that's that, that was to their detriment. That was good about them. It's like they came out and it's like hey, don't, we are, one don't forget I'm running with the devil. One it's still not the same vibe, though, you know what I mean? Is also like their producer uh, through all their early stuff was the same guy that produced a bunch of Steely Dan See? albums. A ton and of that other was, records, too. And a lot of those records that the L.A. sound at the time was mm-hmm. kind of this natural-sounding back-to-basics. Yeah, yes. Um, Like you were there in the room type of stuff, which has been called the L.A. sound. Like, that's what you look up. If you look it up, that's that's kind of, they cite that type of shit as an example of it. But You know, I mean, uh, that's it's interesting you say that because I, I did get Ted Templeman's book, and, um, you know, there's a lot of special things that he talks about. You know, I can't get totally, um, like, into everything he talks about. But he especially talks about the way that the first record, um, you know, I think that it was not. I can't remember, but he said something about the rhythm tracks. I can't remember if they were double-tracked or not. But I think that became, like, the theme for their records, where, that there, like, there would always be Eddie on both sides. And well, like that would be called that that was called like the brown sound or okay, something. Okay, no, there was something. Well, so on the first album, the whole deal was, uh, it would be Eddie on one side and the reverb on the other side right. of him. So right. it'd be dry on right and yeah. reverb of Eddie on left, bass in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything else. And they, I feel like, but they expanded on that. Okay, well, this is the deal. After they built their own studio and did all that shit. They did one album with... Uh, with Ted Templeman? No, no. They did one album with uh, Roth, David Lee Roth, uh-huh. in that studio, which is 1984. Yeah, yeah, right. And that one, they do the shit with, like, the stereo split on the guitar with the Eventide, where it's, like, right. equal on both sides. But it's, like, a stereo, sh- like, artificial double-tracking yeah. thing. And, like, yeah. And Im- imaging. Yeah, an imaging, right. imaging yeah. thing, and yeah. like that and it was, sounds kind of like a chorusy thing, and that yeah. became like the Van Halen tone, which I like a lot. Yeah, but that was kind of letting them experiment and do what they wanted because uh, Templeman wasn't there, you know, saying, "Oh, that's dumb. We're not going to do that shit." Well, not- I mean, his thing, and this is what I've heard over the years, and I I really want to read in uh, read into it more. Hopefully, there will be a book 
on this just on the studio. I hope one day because like the fifty one fifty on fifty one fifty studio because yeah. because the thing that has always seemed to be a debate with that I've seen in a lot of different books is that Eddie wanted to have a home studio, but he wanted it to be like this was the end all be all. I'm doing everything home here, but every producer or every like cat that they would have in there that that would try to produce right. a record in there would say that it was not that kind of studio. It was not to that level. It was level. not to that level and like that's what Ted Templeman's issue was with 1984. Was that he was like this studio is not ready, bro. Like we well, don't I have I think 1984 sounds I think the drum sounds on 1984 are like better than those Ted Templeman albums, but the thing a is, is Ted it. Templeman came in to fine tune that record because of that, because like that's the reason why that record sounds that good. Because okay. he came in at the end to finish, and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm wondering, I've seen this how much p- of it is Ted Templeman, and how much of it though is the source sounds they got were really good. I think that I think it's uh, Templeman because they re- they tried to record a lot there, and then like I think either David Lee Roth called them in. Or the label called them in and said, "It's not we happening. To, we need to. We need you for yeah. this because it's not happening really? right now." Yeah. yeah, because Eddie was like, you know, Eddie was such a geek nerd. I mean, like such a gear nerd that he was like going in there, like building the studio while recording. You know what I mean? Oh, like, wow. he, you know, he's like this. He's soldering and like cutting hot for teacher. You know, demo wise or whatever. And then like, this doesn't sound good, dude. This cannot be the record. Yeah. And like, so Ted had to come in and like help facilitate stuff because supposedly you know van halen's engineer don landy uh he was he was really you know eddie's guy so like they would do whatever eddie wanted to do but that didn't mean that that was supposed to come out and supposedly they were just getting real fucked up in the studio being like this is this gonna be some some fly shit but (laughs) this ended up being cool as fuck those ideas yeah the ideas are great and i think but the thing is you know eddie was Eddie was on his way. Teddy's uh, Ted, you know Eddie and Teddy. Eddie and Teddy. Eddie and Teddy. Eddie and Teddy. They had they had <laughs> their they had their own little you know uh, they had their own issues in the way that they would because that's that's where another uh, part of the reason why there was the breakdown the breakup right. really it's because yeah. Ted Templeman really believed in David Lee Roth and the fact that his lyrics did bring something to the table but Eddie would be really concerned about the the music. The guitar sound. Well, they the way were very everything. obsessive about it. Very he made, obsessive. He sped up the process, but I do think yes. a lot, yes. like some of those sounds, never would have happened if they didn't get free reign to do absolutely whatever they wanted mm-hmm. for a little while. I would say that has to uh, do with the fact, just when we were talking about technology, like the rise of the home studio. Like in every book of that I ever read about any artist, there's like this time that happened right in the mid '70s in which they were just like, man, these record labels, they they it costs so much goddamn money to be at these studios, right? Oh. And you end up with a record you didn't even want, or with some guy like that won't let you turn your amp up, right? For whatever, re- like his and it was legacy. Like, the gear the is too nice for me to do what I want to do. The only you know? people that could afford to do that was like the Beach Boys could make a studio like at a home. a ton of money. Or Stevie Paul Wonder. McCartney there was the, Stevie Wonder, yeah. Then there was know? the, the, the Boston yeah. effect. The what? The Boston effect. Ooh, please. Well, Boston. Boston's first record. 
Like it was all just no, one it was guy. A home studio it was a thing. home studio. Yeah. No shit. It was all just one Fuck guy. Yeah, yeah. And like the, the more the, than a feeling. Oh, that's one dude. Yeah, you know yeah. one guy. Yeah, that's, that's double tracked. I don't know if he played drums on it, but like all the vocals at least and um, guitar. Yeah, he and probably bass it. too. And probably maybe probably the organ bass. shit. What? Because so many people. I remember uh, when Guitar Hero hit. That song would like had a rig resurgence. You know, in our yeah. lives. And I remember telling so many people. I was like, y'all know that's one guy, right? They were just like, no, we thought that was a band with like seven singers in it. I'm like, nah. You know more about Boston than you do about Led Zeppelin? I know, <laughs> I know, I know a lot no, about no, Led no, Zeppelin. Just, I know about Led Zeppelin. Yeah, okay, what's what? Boston thing is like a pop music deal. Yeah. You know. I know about Led Zeppelin. But it was, but it was, yeah, the, the, um, they brought it to, they brought it to a, uh, the record label. I don't label, know, with Mac. Dude, the, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Fucking. Sorry, Gabe, my bad. Dreams is going Crazy right now. Dreams is going fucking crazy. <laughs> Mick Fleetwood did his own version. Shout of the video. out. <laughs> I don't want to stay on that, but I'll just mention it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna stay on either. Though. Yeah, yeah, but no. Ocean Spray gets sent that guy a truck full of Ocean Spray. <laughs> the guy that from the meme that uh, he's like on the on the internet on the interstate uh, drinking Ocean Spray, listening to Fleetwood Mac. That's hilarious. On, they they sent him a truck full of Dude, Ocean when Spray. Dude, when I That's saw it? that shit, I a definitely saw it uh, and remembered uh, the the Danny Bonaduce thing where he. Takes a bottle of orange juice or cranberry juice. Yes. It's orange dumps, juice. And dumps orange the vodka. Juice, he dumps out half of it and then pours a whole bottle oh, of it in there. Yeah. So when I saw and, then and it rides it. a longboard and starts chugging it. So when I saw this dude on TikTok, I was like, this guy is wasted. And I was like, that, I, I, I still to this day, I don't know what his story is, but that dude was wasted. Well, that dude was pulling a bottle of Ducci, bro. He was pulling a bottle of before, way before, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, you know, Shit. he had already drank half of a big old gallon of uh, Cran vodka. He was living his by life. By that time. He was living his life. I, he, I, I the weather's ask, nice. I have to ask. it. I think that caught fire because it was a Hispanic dude. Someone that doesn't look like they would listen to dreams. Yeah. I agree. You is that real? You think that's? Part of I mean, there's I like do, I do too. Because that's, so that's the that's the that's the latest in the those TikToks that have been coming out. Like middle aged people, middle aged people, but also just like there's one with like a fucking black dude with a blonde wig on, fucking twerk and do it and mm. shit like that. Well, like, that's the, that's the, the internet. The internet doing its, its thing. <laughs> doing its that's just doing its thing, man. Whatever song, what, what's trendy? I'm twerking on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You so, need to start twirling more in videos. Period. I need to get. You say I need to make a TikTok. Yeah, you should have been dancing on TikTok. I know you thought. You've been dancing every day on TikTok. I know you've been thinking about having TikTok. You know, you guys are doing sure. a deep dive on the production side. Like, how often do you incorporate some of those ideas? Like, I'd never heard of, um, what do you say, like, reverb on the left and then. Oh, the mixing. Right? That's in the mixing oh, phase. Do, and it, it's very deep. Like that it's all very the time. deep. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, the whole deal. I won't get too, too heavy into this, but like, one of the cool things about Van Halen was the fact that it was a. Uh, a four-piece rock band, just like Led Zeppelin, where there's guitar, bass, drums, and a singer that just sings. But uh, Zeppelin had a different kind of uh, formula where uh, Jimmy Page that played guitar would do all types of overdubbing and layering, which became actually very popular and was really awesome. But Van Halen, on the other hand, would do shit like they would... uh, They would... uh, go all in on the fact that they were just that there was only one guitar player so for example when a solo would come up in a song there wouldn't be a rhythm guitar player yeah. rhythm guitar track playing behind the solo yeah. you know what i mean okay. so yeah. uh you it would just be bass playing and that shit just sounded cool because 
it would just be bass, and then the drummer would be, like, playing up, doing something different, you know, playing, like, Crashing on the Ride, and he'd be playing more fills and shit just to fill up space. This the, is cool shit, and, but it was just ways to make that sound... Full. Yeah, and sound, make it sound right, whether it be putting effects on one side and dry on the other side, or using some sort of harmonizer or delay unit to split it, split the stereo image... And use some sort of like, uh, like phasing, like imaging thing to make it sound like it's deeper than it really is. I think it also okay. has to do with the fact that they're all they're doing it in time. Like with James, when he when he's talking about overdubbing, he's talking about how Jimmy Page is going back after they're done and adding guitar parts yeah. into the song to fill out different sections. Like Jimmy Page is literally doing like twenty passes through the song right. after it's been recorded, whereas Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen might gear. do might do might do four. Uh, once they get the main take, because there's not that many parts. It's really mm-hmm. just getting it right, and he's pretty accurate. Like, really getting into manipulating the sound before you start recording. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, within gotcha. the gear, and and it kind of end up being a thing that you can just do live and not sound that different. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, lots of you, you hear that with lots of bands. You go, this band sure sounds different live than they do on their records. Right. You know, because the process of making a record, you can't just put the energy of a live performance into a record, really. Like, there's a certain amount of perfectionism that goes into it because uh, when you start listening to things more than once, things that you find charming in a live performance become annoying once you hear yeah. it a fourth time or a fifth time. Mm-hmm. So, like, live live and recorded are two very different beasts. So, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen had a great way of incorporating his whole rig and, like, everything he was doing he was actually doing it. He didn't need... It wasn't like someone else was getting it done after the fact. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And also, he was being produced. That yeah. was the good thing. That like Because, again, they would have... He would have been on those amps and working the sound forever. Yeah. If he could. He would never stop. If he would have <laughs> never stopped. And, and he also was a guy that tweaked his own guitars, like built he them. Tweaked, he, he, he tweaked like crazy. He was a like consummate crazy. tweaker with his gear. Consummate tweaker. He was a tone chaser is what he yeah, called himself. Yeah, tone he was a, chaser. He was a tone chaser, and I think that he would have stayed in that mindset if it wasn't for David Lee Roth and if it wasn't for Ted Templeman. Like, they, they really helped keep that together and unfortunately you know eddie wanted to go in more into that territory you wanted to manipulate the guitar more he wanted to play more piano bring keys into it that was like, the thing you know that expanding was the, the keys thing was yeah, the it was whole, bad you know, that was a whole thing but i it, wish eddie van halen had just started releasing eddie van halen solo albums yeah. that were all synth albums yeah he, he put out you know and i think that put out a lot have, of other that stuff wouldn't have alienated anybody and the real so. van halen fans can take the deep dive but the, I think it would have saved the band too, because like back in the day, I don't think you had yeah. those kinds of options in which like, oh, Eddie's just gonna go solo. You know, those things are way more dramatic. Well, also, back then, you also know? that band, like, that band was a very, because all of us have played in so many bands at the same time. It's like who even cares? But there are people that only play in one band, no outside projects, their whole life. Right. Like as soon as you start a band, like one of the first thing you talk about is like, all right, y'all. No but, outside projects. But this yeah. is, you ever tried out? You ever, you ever had somebody like that wants you part of their project and tells you you have to like you're gonna have to quit all your other projects? I never had that happen specifically. That's I've happened had to that me happen two or three as far times. As time, time two or three times. Really? Seriously? It, wow. We're yeah. One, seriously, just like uh, were you on? Were they offering you a salary? That's what I'm talking Somebody about. Somebody was uh, one person was they wanted to take me. It was a long time ago, but uh, they wanted to take me on the road and everything. 
and they were just kind of just like interviewing me over the phone about it. And I was like, uh, they're like, do you have any other projects? I was like, yeah, I got my own. I do plans to other bands too. He's like, well, are you going to be okay with just not doing that anymore? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> they're like, well, we need you to commit to this, and you know, so and so is going to, you know, we're going to need your time and everything. I was like. And there was like there was money involved too, you know. I'm not yeah. gonna say that, you know, a retainer, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so something like that. And I, but I was like, no, like I'm a huge fucking bass whore. Like, Don't have gonna, to be I a gotta, lot of money, dog. Yeah, no. It was, <laughs> first of all, it wasn't enough. Yeah, like, it wasn't enough. Another time it happened, it was just like I can't even believe I did this. I got recommended for this one to try for this audition for this one band. Out, out in Chamberlain Avenue, not a good <laughs> fucking. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Not a, so I went nope. and it not was like auditions it, being held out there. <laughs> it was nope. at a, it was at it was at a studio that was out in Chamberlain. I went and you know I was I was younger. I was trying to like it's one of those times in your life where you just kind of just see what's out there and you say yes to a bunch of shit and you gotta you know really weed through mm-hmm. what is Richmond music until <laughs> you find what you like. Ooh. You know it's kind of those things like. I'm, I'm. I think I'm gonna just stay, keep going to this open mic night. It's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do that, but um, <laughs> you know. But it was like I think at the time also I just quit my job like at a restaurant and I was like you know just going after gigs and it was like I can't say no to anything because I gotta make sure money's coming in. And so yeah. I went to this. Uh, yeah, I went to this audition and it went good. They really liked it. It was all like covers and shit, but like, and it was like this like fucking has been lady. And like, oh, dude, <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. Like, man. the drummer was pretty cool. I knew him from somewhere, um, but uh, like, this whole band was just like, like fucking church people trying to like do covers of like, you know, soul covers. The wedding band? I don't know what it was, but I was like, they were throwing some numbers at me, and I was like, there's no way. Mm. They're just, Hypoth- they're just hypothetical they're just, numbers. Hypothetical yep. numbers. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. And but and she and she was like, are you in any other groups? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, I can't have. I was like, I'm in like tons of groups at the time i was like and she was like well i can't have your i can't have uh the sound of a bunch of other bands in my band so you have to either quit those bands you it's not gonna work your, your sound can't penetrate <laughs> the sound it was we weird got. it was a strange conversation i never i was like i was like well no for a cover band for a cover band <laughs> that's not your sound that's not your sound that's at not all sound. Dude, <laughs> that's not the sound of the band insane that's i mean the sound of the they song. were talking about maybe like they were they're talk they're talk they were talking about like writing some stuff but i was like but the the audition was just a bunch of covers though. Yeah, yeah that's so crazy. It was crazy. But yeah, I've 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 been thrown that question to me before, and uh, I don't. There are people who only commit to to one band, which is fine. But I'm like, uh, it's funny too. Like you ever like, <laughs> you ever have one of those things? It's like it's like kind of being like a like a polyamorous fucking chorus <laughs> fuck. Because like there have been some people that are like they're like we got to do this all the time, and I'll be like, oh, it was fun that one time, but let's just keep it that one time, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, know what? Yeah. I, I gotta say this like. It, in my low personal view of myself world, I I I think I know from playing music what it feels like to hook up with somebody and to just be like, yeah, that was fine. That was yeah. fine. We don't need... Definitely. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we, do, we won't be playing together it was like, Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what? That wasn't too painful, but let's just... No, no, it's like I've definitely had this conversation. It was fun, but we were only let's face it, we were just getting... I was just here so I can make a little bit of money. Now I gotta... We were both bored. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were both available. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we both got what we wanted from each other. Ah! Pretty much. I think we're done no, I here. Didn't. You know. Um, I was going <laughs> to say didn't. though, uh, with the Van Halen experience and their, those guys, they did split off and do soundtrack stuff. There is a this pretty, sounded good. Yeah, there's a pretty interesting clip that I put up of uh, an Eddie Van Halen solo song that he did in 06 for this um, 
interesting softcore movie that he mm. shot at his house. Interesting softcore. Nice, Kelly. Um, like softcore is in like a porn? Yeah. Yeah, when you say softcore, you hear the word softcore, you know that's what you it know means. that exactly what that is. <laughs> I don't um, know. I mean, you know exactly. I what didn't that know. Is. I don't know. It's at the it's at the core of he soft. Knows, yeah, he knows exactly what that is. <laughs> um, and it was shot at his house, and he he like did the soundtrack, and um, there was a couple of songs that he did videos for, and uh, they're they're at fifty one fifty, and he's playing all the instruments. It's very interesting stuff. Wow. You know, it's cool. Um, not Van Halen esque at all, but th- I think that's the thing with him is that he could have done, um, interesting records that would have not been just straight up Van what Halen, I, David Lee Roth. One of my favorite things is when he played with other people. Yeah. So, yeah. like for example, he played with um Simon and Garfunkel in the nineties live for a song. Ooh, this this doesn't go well, does it? <laughs> That's what song this is. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, yo, 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 you're like, you're like, what would make this better? I was like, this song's pretty good, but you don't make it perfect. You want to make it perfect? I got the backstory no, no. to this, by but the guess, way. guess what, though? No, we're going to give Eddie Van Halen a Parker Fly guitar that does acoustic guitar sound. Oh, oh, here he is! The God! Turn him up! Turn him up! Oh, no. This is not a shreds, y'all. Oh, there we go. Look at the, the Takamini. <laughs> it's so bad. I think it's a. I think this is very. This, oh, Paul this Simon. Almost done. Paul Simon can't believe this shit. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> And number, and number listen, one, listen, hold up. We all have bad days. Look, yeah. we. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. listen, there was not a, a, a guitar in tune in sight. Number one, like, uh, well, dude, that was not the regular. That was not Eddie's fault. No, I know. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not definitely not Eddie's fault. But whoever decided to tune the guitars, you know whose guitar was fucked. All up? the guitars, Paul's yeah, guitar. all all the guitars. Paul's guitar was the loudest out of tune. Guitar. That shit sounds so bad. Oh my goodness. Um. So <laughs> Sammy Hagar talks about this in his book. Cause they were, th- it was just like some event, and uh, I, I, I can't remember what event it was, but uh, Paul Simon goes back there and asks Eddie to play on the song. Eddie says, Eddie's kind of fucked up and doesn't really, I think he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know the know song, what's going on. does not know the song, and then like, and then he proceeds to go out there and just completely shit the bed on it, you know. And that was that was the basic shit of it. He did not know the song hey man, at Eddie all. Eddie rocks. Why would he know this? Song? You know what? It kind of yeah. sounds like if you want to get into the nerdery of it. It kind of sounds like a guy that's so used to his guitar being to play long notes. Yeah, you I, know what I mean. He's, yeah, he, yeah, Eddie Van Halen plays long notes on his guitar. Yeah, and that guitar just goes to bink. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> there's was, no he, nothing. He, he thought it was gonna go. Bing! He thought so. It was like, you know, like. It, it, it sounded really. That was you hear the stain. I've heard Eddie Van Halen play on acoustic guitars, and it's totally I'm awesome. Sure. He's a great guitar player, but that right but there, that's what that sounds think, like to me. I think that's mostly drugs. 
is what that is. Uh, I think either that and or alcohol. just straight up wasted uh, at that show. Yeah, that's just what not, I'm saying. Because that was not a prepared performance at no. all to for him to do that. Um, and uh, there's a lot more videos out there of Eddie just what are the, what are the Ooh. what are the <laughs> what is the mother collabs that he did is what kind of other features he got? obviously there's MJ um there's, obviously there's one did, great right? video um of him playing with like I think it's Les Paul and um uh who's the cat uh Jan Hammer remember the keyboard yeah, player that yeah. that wrote the Miami Vice jam and, and shit and Ma Vision and um yeah, and I think Narada and Michael Walden's playing. At, I can't remember what the jam is, but he is like crushing shit. I think it's in 1988. It's some, it's some one, live shit. But there's it, something he's I saw recently it. where he's in a music store, like jamming with a drummer. And oh, it's word. like eight minutes long. <laughs> and he's, I swear to God, he's just noodling around on some like Japanese st- import strat, you know, or something. Wow. And he's like digging. He's like, ah, oh, this is a cool guitar, you know. And, He's just is like, pra- it's like pra- he's just practicing and fucking around, yeah. and the drummer is like just playing with him, just keeping time. Uh, he always kept- and it's really cool to watch. It's like from the early nineties. Yeah, he kept yeah. he always kept a real work ethic. I mean, from what I from what I know, um, like people he, from people that were like close to him or whatever, like they would he would still play every day. He would still play with Alex and with Wolfgang and, like, rehearse the stuff, like, play all that shit, even after, you know, when he was not with David. Um, you know, he was playing all the time, every day. And, I mean, that's, like, if you even look at the couple pictures, there's a couple pictures of, of Eddie on uh, Wolfgang's uh, Instagram page, and it's from, like, I guess it's a recent picture. And you can still see Eddie's fingers, and, like, you can see, like, the calluses and stuff, like, from from playing guitar and shit. It's, like, they're still there. It's not, like... You know, yeah. the dude is playing at, like, at a high level at all times. And I'm pretty sure that's all that we're going to remember. There are a lot of clammy Eddie videos out there. There was a and whole yeah, tour. Yeah, there were a lot of them in the 80s and 90s. Well, no, there's but there was a whole tour that he did with Sammy Hagar, the reunion tour that he did in 04, where he was, like, fucked up that whole tour. And there's, like, just a video of him trying to play Eruption. He couldn't do it like really bad ones and then him like stopping midway and then like talking to the crowd and shit and just being like i love you people and then like he'll start over again and shit <laughs> it's like it's rough he's like got his hair in like this weird like man bun oh you know what I'm talking oh, about that's like his steven seagal haircut yeah face. he was in this, oh like, that was terrible it was a really bad time that was he, really bad. he had just split from uh valerie bertinelli so he was single He's single. Hey, hey, look, oh, Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie right. Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen look kind of like alike each other. They did for and a you few think, years. You think their child would be beautiful, but no, it's like a pudgy dude. <laughs> it's their son. It's like a kid that's like can't your your parents. Are you saying you're the son of Van Halen? I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. When your parents, when your parents are that rich, you can afford a personal trainer, and you shouldn't be pudgy. Uh. I'm just saying you should look good. Van Halen and Bertinelli is your your parents. You should look real good, and they have you have Van Halen money, so like you can get a personal trainer to like get you all looking good, and you can eat, you can buy like the good tasting healthy food. Like, there's no reason you should be fat. Man, let him live his life, man. 
Let him live his fucking life, bro. <laughs> okay, let him live his life. But once he's on stage, his name is, is Wolfgang. I mean, like, how do you? Hey, like, I mean, Wolfgang. His that name is, is Wolfgang. That is Wolfgang. so dumb. Like, is I know. He right I feel there. Like it'd be easier to get fat rich. It really. <laughs> you know, people expect you to be whatever you want. People yeah, expect you to do after that. You want, you Wolfgang. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta shape up. They expect you to cook something. You gotta fucking shape up. You better do something. See, that reminds me of that. Dad is skinnier than you, man. Like, nah, you can't have that shit. Nah, man. We don't know what your dad does. We can't talk about that. He's don't talk not, about your dad and then talk about Wolfgang. Do. Don't I'll talk about your that. dad and talk about Wolfgang. Okay, James, Once again, just, everything is a competition, guys. Yeah, it's everything a competition, everything but is not. Everything is competition. Bro, really, that, that, that reminds me of that scene it's in, football in, field in, in Tropic Thunder where, like, uh, he's on the, like, Matthew Conaghy is on the phone with Ben Stiller's character, and, like, he's the manager. He's like, so how's everything going with that adoption thing? He's like, uh, well, you know, it's going it's a slow process. He's like... Well, at least you get to pick yours. And he looks at a picture of his him and his kid. It's like this fat kid. He's like, I'm stuck with mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> messed, messed up, man. He's a great looking kid. Wolfgang. Tom Cruise kills that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. oh my god! That's but uh, <laughs> okay, so I got a I got a Eddie, I got a Van Halen story here, an Eddie Van Halen story. All right, oh, yeah. and it has to do with uh, one of our favorite people, Fred Durst. What? Oh, wow. Did you hear about this? No. Okay, definitely this, not. We this. definitely did not say that he's one of our favorite people. Okay, it's, it's <laughs> definitely not any one of us. I don't want you to. It's called in. It's from a uh, a fucking site called Metal Injection. Oh, I That's know. That's legit. One of my favorites. That's legit. I know them. And it's under the feud section. Eddie Van Halen once pointed a gun at Fred Durst after Durst wouldn't give him his gear back. Wow. What? <laughs> Eddie, how, how, how do you have some nice gear? Shit. How do you have Eddie? How do you have Eddie's gear? Okay, I gotta just read this article to you guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. here's the weirdest thing you're going to hear all month. One time, Eddie Van Halen and Fred Durst jammed, which resulted in Van Halen pulling a gun on Durst the next day. That sounds horrible. According to eruption in the canyon, uh, uh, two one two two hundred twelve days. And nights with the genius Eddie Van Halen, author Andrew Bennett, Van Halen and Durst jammed together after Westmoreland quit Limp Bizkit. All right. Oh. oh, oh. After the two were introduced at a party. Wow, that oh. was, he was that was like, some cocaine. He's probably gonna do a tour. Shit. I bet yeah. he's gonna do a tour. You know, because like that, those, I bet Eddie Van Halen thought Limp Biscuit songs would be so easy. It's like a riff here and a riff there. He's like, yeah, I'll go on tour and party with you boys. Hit the strings on them. <laughs> that would be horrible. But then it was like, you know what, bro? I can't even do it. I'm so glad that didn't, so glad that didn't happen. Bennett said Durst joked that it would be hilarious that the greatest guitar player ever plays with the worst <laughs> band ever. But, yeah. the end, but Van Halen basically said, why not? <laughs> the jam happened, but Van Halen left after people started smoking weed. Bennett adds that Van Halen whoa. said the jam. Whoa, whoa, stop, stop. Wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. Do we Challenge flag. Do we need to cancel the whole fucking uh, Mad Big Ups he just did? You, 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 know that, you know that's not why he left. No. That can't be why he left. Anyways, it, Bennett adds that Van Halen said the jam was being a scholar amongst kindergartners. Kindergartners. Wow. Van Halen contacted Durst the next day we, to get his guitars and amplifiers. Can but, we stop for just a second? You remember earlier I felt like, you know, being like a hot chick or something, jamming with people? That's like what it, it's like. 
I know exactly what Van Halen is talking about. Being a scholar amongst <laughs> kindergartners. Kindergartners. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in that situation <laughs> in the gym, been like, why am I wasting my time here? No, wait, now. Can that be the title? Uh, just Victor Van, a, Van Halen, a scholar amongst kindergartners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amongst kindergartners. <laughs> Please, no that's, that's the name so of the So good, day. man. No problem. Yeah. We, All right. We, we Van, son, of, son of Halen does sound like a comic book or something. Mm-hmm. Fuck, yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, Van Halen contacted Durst the next day to get his guitars and amplifiers, but received no response. That's when things got a little iffy. And here's the here's the excerpt from the from the book that uh, they're talking about. Right. The following day, Van Halen contacted Durst to recover his gear, according to Bennett. The guitarist was still upset about the experience, and after not hearing back from Durst after Bad 24 jam. hours, he decided to take matters into his own hands. Eddie once bought an assault vehicle from the military auction. Bennett writes. <laughs> <laughs> It has a yes! shot. It has a shine gun mount on the back, and it is not legal. <laughs> Eddie drove the assault vehicle through L.A. into Beverly Hills, then parked and left it running on the front lawn of the house of the Limp Biscuit. Of Limp Biscuit was not rehearsing in. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that is house. Wow! <laughs> It Pulled wasn't it. even the right place. Pulled a Robert Downey, too. Damn. He got out wearing no shirt, his hair in a samurai bun on oh! top of his head. <laughs> his jeans held up with a strand of rope and combat boots held together with duct tape. That's 04. And he had a gun in his hand. Uh. Damn. <laughs> what a fucking badass. <laughs> knew it. All right. The you knew it was coming. Was you knew it. Like, <laughs> Can you believe he was calling the other guy childish? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> this is when uh, he was wearing nothing but overalls all the time. He was wearing too. overalls. Oh, overalls he wasn't, yeah, no shirt. And he was not wearing shirts. Yeah, no shirt at, at a award no ceremony with no shirt on. He was <laughs> he was basically just drinking at all. Even in that video that I'm talking about, actually, I put this on the Hustle Season Clips, which is on our YouTube. Uh, you can find it as a YouTube uh, playlist. And on the clips, you could see in this video, he's taking these huge gulps of wine in between playing and shit, and this wine is <laughs> spilling all over. Uh, like, he's already glistening too. He's glistening, and then wine on top of the glisten, and then he's and he's like playing and shit. It's kind of gross. It's a little. It's a little much, but it's for a softcore movie, so whatever. Okay, according to Bennett, <laughs> this is what uh, Eddie said. That asshole. Answer the door. I put my gun to that stupid fucking red hat of his, and I said, "Where's my shit, motherfucker?" He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> Hell yeah, He's the best. Dude does not mince words. Oh my god, uh, the, uh, that fucking guy just turned to one of his employees and starts yelling at him to grab my shit. Eddie Van Halen stood on the front lawn of a residential home in Beverly Hills in broad daylight, smoking a cigarette while holding a gun on Fred Durst as he went back and forth from the house to the assault vehicle, lugging amps and guitars. Oh, he made him <laughs> lift his shit for him. That's awesome. And he made him pack it up. Dude, Damn. That's, that's some badass shit. <laughs> Man. But seriously, I want to believe also it's like a dirty Harry, like a like a three fifty seven or something like that, like a really long barrel revolver too. <laughs> I mean, it's just like an exaggerated giant gun. Dude, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he has an exaggerated. He has the like car. a he ha- dude. The car he's driving is like the Batmobile in the Dark Knight. Dude, yeah. if if his assault vehicle was painted in the Van Halen guitar colors, <laughs> ooh, that would be the coolest shit, man. That'd be funny. Just blasted running with the devil in the background. <laughs> man, mm, that would be tight, man. I it's still not too late for someone to make their guitar their not the guitar but their car with that pattern. 
Oh, it happened. Oh. It, that, that exists. I'm exist. pretty sure it's, yeah, definitely. I mean, I on. already I was on a Van Halen algorithm on Instagram, but oh my God, the past two days have been Van Halen cars, Van Halen yeah. clothes, Van Halen everything. Stocks. Oh my God. Everybody's like posting their original, like their own version of his guitar, like with their own mullets from back in the day. Too. Oh, shit. Wow. You know it's what? like, it's like, that's true. what you need to do. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm posting that today. Well, you're posting it, your guitar? It'll already be up. Yeah. I you should put a wig on and have post. the guitar and say, you're Wolf, your Wolfgang. <laughs> no, I don't. I do. I slimmed up more than Wolfgang. Dude. That poor guy, he's like super tall, so he weighs a lot, too. And look, man, look. Why you? Why you mess with Wolfgang, man? He <laughs> literally so just lost his dad. And you, and you, and you just talking about? And you just started losing weight. You're so jelly of Wolfgang, bro. <laughs> you like? You want to be got, best friends I'm with jelly, Valerie Bernardi? I'm Bertinelli. jelly of the uh, of the opportunities he's given. Just to say not you're jelly. Be fat. God. You know. Man. You know. You know. James, you're becoming exactly what you hate about beautiful people. Yeah, man. And you're not even that this good is, looking. Yeah, it, <laughs> this is like funk gym shit. It's just yeah. like, you just started yeah. to lose weight, and now <laughs> everybody else is the problem. This is one of us think Guitar yeah. Center Gym right now. Yeah, Guitar this Center is Guitar Gym. Center gym. Yeah, yeah, he's like, we all, totally. We're all just starting to lose a little weight, so now it's time to tear these motherfuckers apart. I know, apart. man. Like, yeah, shit, man. Right, just started. I know what the deal is. All right, it's man, what's up? Man, what's up with that cat, man? Why is he so fat? You gotta be like, Yo, man. Yo, your dad is like the best guitar player in the world, and you're like fat and shit, man. Yeah! must be a fucking embarrassment, bro. must be a fucking embarrassment, you're acting. This, 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 by the way, this would this, this is what this is what Kelly would act like if he got like a hairline again. Like a good oh, hairline. Go, go crazy on him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. go crazy on him. Seriously. You get, hey, a little, you get a LeBron James. LeBron James has like some sort of digital hairline. Yeah, dude. He's like, kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, Look, he, oh my god. He, he kind of stopped doing though. it, but he has some kind of digital hairline. Though. Hairline report, guys. Just letting you know, <laughs> LeBron James's hair painted on <laughs> looks terrible. And for some reason, he's fixing it. I think he, now. No, no, he. You always think he's fixing it, and it look. It always leaks off. Like by the end of the, <laughs> the game, he has like a, a headband <laughs> over it. It like drip. Yeah, he has. But it drips down though, and like and like it starts showing his like his weird uh, good spot. times hairline or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, dude, come on. Man, <laughs> do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza was like wearing the hairpiece for like an episode? It was awesome. Two? It would take <laughs> him all chick at the end. Of yeah. the episode. <laughs> it would take one tenth of his of his fucking paycheck for one month to fucking just do that and get that done. I mean, I'm sure he's got. I'm sure he could figure that out. Somehow. Yeah, fucking have some talks with Ted Danson. Man, Ted Danson. He's the he's the goat when it comes to you the hair, gotta run. hairline. <laughs> I you think know? you get. I think when you have a really short haircut, it's hard to just like. Come out with like luscious locks after that. You can't. You, you really can't. Ted Danson's been rocking the wig for such a long time. Yeah. You know, it's and it's big. It's like a up, it's 80s. a wig up Since wig. But the 80s, but dude. but then he got he got real with it and got the hair. Yeah. Like he actually he, got he the, grew hair. the hair out. So he was rocking it so long that by the time it became gray, he could he just could take go the wig ahead. Off. He could take the wig off yeah. and just put the real hair up there. He's no, he's all good. He's Ted all Danson good. all good. Ted Danson dance. Now anyway. <laughs> Anyways, hair, hairline I, report. Hairline report. Daily Thank you Roth very much. Definitely be on the hairline report. He's man. Look, he is, but he's a genius though. He's been able to make it work. He makes the ball. The ball work. God damn it, baby! No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. I think we all need to learn something from this. By the way, we need to salute David Lee Roth for real though. Like for real, oh, salute. Best, uh, best yeah. singer of Van Halen. But it, I, mean, I mean, but without being the actual best singer. In Van Halen, yeah, because it wasn't about best entertainer. Yeah, I would he's say entertainer. Yeah, in the in, they were, in Van, Van Halen, Halen with David Lee Roth is the best party band that has ever existed. One hundred percent. 
100%. And we need to appreciate him. We need to listen to what he's saying. Because I'm telling you what, he was giving hints about all this shit happening. I like, mean, people like, just were not listening to him at I mean, all. I mean, like... How it's a like, lot of how, toxic masculinity. How, you know how Eddie so. Eddie became the archetype of how, how guitar players should pretty much be in the '80s with all right. these rock bands. David Lee Roth was the archetype for how your front man is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. you need yeah. to be running running around in circles doing some kicks or something. No, David yeah. Lee Jump Roth. And speakers. No, no fucking poison. No fucking Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah. You got to entertain. You got to entertain the crowd. You know, you got to talk to him. He could like make up shit off of the top of his head. And just be able to like just really give this out like the swagger, thing, the whole uh, thing. David Lee Roth was a crooner. He wanted to be Louis Prima. Yeah, he, he, wanted, he wanted to, to be yeah. Sinatra. He wanted to be one of the Brat Pack. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be like a, this song and dance man entertainer with a Vegas act. It worked. It worked for a good period of time, so and it never really, it never really coalesced again. Remember, Even though I will say that their last record, A Different Kind of Truth, not talked about as much. There are some fire. Uh, joints on there and I did include them on our new playlist that is on Spotify right now mad big ups to Eddie Van Halen also James is putting out a uh, playlist as well that is all classic Van Halen stuff oh I just have one yeah mine is just called Van Halen to God Van Halen to God and then you know, yeah. So if you're looking, that. but if you're looking for the classic, classic stuff, I had more of the Hagar, and I have one Sharon song on there because there's one, there's one that rocks. You know, so I'm gonna go for it um, on that one. Um, uh, without you, that's some fire shit. No one really gives that. You any. guys remember that that one, uh, Eat 'em and Smile, the David Lee Roth cover where he's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I just thought that was just a crazy. That was that record. Fucking like has huge balls on it. I feel like uh, even even their no hits, balls. you know, like uh, Hot the Teacher, just like the musicianship is always something that stood out to me mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the the drum beat itself is already hard. It's it's hard. already crazy, and like the 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 kick the uh, kick drum things he's doing, you yeah. know, yeah. and like they stick together. If you listen to that song, it sounds kind of like a bar blues rock song, like yeah. for real, like a janky 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 janky, you know? And yeah. they really sell it. And Dave, I feel like Davey Lee Ross singing on that song was like his pocket. Yeah. Because he really sounds, I think he sounds really actually good. The way he flows one, you know? over the band, he, the way he comes, yeah. so killing. Like the way he just floats over that shit is fucking gross. Yeah. What's what this, this Mariah Carey? Shit? What's the soft ass shit? Yo, you his, playing um, um his lyrics? This hero, is this dreams? <laughs> Dude, you know exactly what this is. This is dreams. Hustle season radio. Yeah. Mad big ups. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this <laughs> is David Ross solo. Yeah. This is this had the good video. EP, crazy from the heat. This is Kokomo, by the way. <laughs> this is Kokomo before Kokomo. Yeah, we're true. This song is Kokomo. Pretty much. I thought this I thought this was his song. This is David I did, Lee Roth. I did too. For a long time. I did too. Oh, yeah. You thought it was his? He crushed yeah, it. I did too. He crushed this song. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. I always look for that part when I hear the original too. I met them girls. This guy is so fucking fun. He's He's so fun, dude. You know what else is cool? Is this? Same tempo. That 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 sounds like a karaoke track now. I know. It doesn't matter. It's like a karaoke track. 
he crushed this though. Yeah, he did. He crushed this shit so hard, man. I could never get down with this because of the sound of the band. Yeah, yeah you're right. But his vocal performance kills. Produced by Ted Templeman. This was another reason, this is another part of the breakup right here. Because he did this EP and Ted Templeman chose to he chose to work with David Lee. So he's like, so Eddie was like, well fuck off. This is no. And he's like, he's like, I know you worked your Steely Dan, but and all that shit, but I don't want real horns. I just want fake horns. Nah, he's like, I, I think don't there want was them. a moment. I think there was like a moment in time in which they they thought that sounded more technologically advanced. You know, because it was new. The like, horns, yeah, the, the synth horns. Yeah, I think yeah. at one point that sounded that sounded so cool. You know, yeah. You still hear it sometimes on like ninety four point one on like the uh, banda and like the music from like Mexico. Yeah. You still hear like keyboard horns all the time. It's acceptable in that still for some. The reason. genre. This is a great arrangement, man. Like it sounds so good. Dan sounds so bad though. Yo, so check this out. So uh what's I'm gonna call it on? Alright, we're good. We're good. We have are good on it. So so they like I think he, he was asking um Dave Lee Rose was asking that about that Beach Boy song to do that with Van Halen. They're like, No, we don't do covers. It took even though they Wait, got famous off of that Kinks cover. Yeah, and they also did Dancing in the Street and Pretty Woman. Yeah, but I, I just heard... I just By heard, that time. Yeah. I just heard he just, like, really... It was hard to, to get him but to co- do those covers. Covers uh, were a big point of contention because the record label wanted them to do covers. Yeah. 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 They I, still do. Yeah, I think it all depended with with um, with Dave because, you know, he always wanted it to be a certain kind of way. I think that he definitely always saw a certain image with Van Halen. And the thing is, is that that's how Van Halen would be able to survive because even when Sammy Hagar was in the band, that was part, you know, the way that the band worked. It was in Sammy's image. You know, he really worked how the, how the people saw the band. And it worked until it didn't work anymore. And, you know, that's that was the thing. And then once Van Halen tried to guide the way, that's mm-hmm. when the that's when all of it kind of started falling apart. Oh, yeah. Because they, they never had that vision. They were just, again, musicians... You know that had a, a bit of a the showman quality, the entertainer side to them, but they were just pure musicians. That's really I'm, what they I'm were. I'm trying to think. Uh, which one is the first one that had the um? What are you talking uh, about? A cover on? I guess Diver Down. Diver guess, Down was the first one that had I the think cover. So. Well, the, the, that King's cover was like that their was big that was yeah that was the first one that was on their that was on the first time I'm thinking of when it got a little like uh, yeah that's Diver Down because that's when they the street yeah because that's when they kind of started going yeah oh and they did Pretty Woman on the same album uh huh the covers are back to back on the album I mean this is goddamn very close to stick disco right here boy. This is very close to this one. Very close. <laughs> Dude, this this shit, Ooh. this garbage right here we're listening to, this could not be a more accurate soundtrack of my fucking childhood. Like I think yeah. I think this actual shit is kind of why I'm like I am. Like because I, I heard this. That's stuff unfortunate. Very, yeah, very I mean, early. I mean you like I, that this shouldn't be the case. Of like, Fake, you know, fake funk music with shred guitar <laughs> over it. Yeah. It's like kind of why I am, why I am. I've actually mm-hmm. never heard that before. Was that uh, Dancing in the Streets? No, no. I, I am familiar with the original version of Dancing right. in the Streets. 
Because I grew up with, you know, top 40 bands in the family. You know right, what I right. Mean? Yeah. Like that was like the deal, but yeah, I've never heard that arrangement before. <laughs> yeah, oh, that yeah. one is that one is that now, is rough. Now, now here's another one. The song <laughs> I never thought of like the David the Bowie and right Jagger before, version better. Right, <laughs> the, the song right before that on the same album is this shit. This is this Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I don't. I don't oh. mind this. This is a big, I kind of like this. Yeah, this, this is, is good. a huge hit for them. Yeah. Huge. Uh, pretty Woman's a pretty good song. That's a pretty good groove. It is. Because the clapping in the original. Everything in the everything in this song is a hook. Yeah. It's just hooks all over this Very Motown. Song. Very Motown. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, shit, man. Van Halen, man. I mean, we just have to give Mad Big Ups. The yeah. Mad Biggest of Ups. And I gotta say, dude, Mad I, as many Mad Bigs up, Migs Bigs Ups. James has been drinking so much the past couple days since he got the news. I've never seen James this emotional over a celebrity I've been seeing a lot of emotional men on the internet. He talked over my opening speech just because he just wanted to start talking about this right away. I don't talk about that. I mean, yeah, I, do, I, I don't give I don't give a fuck about most I try. Uh, celebrity classic especially classic rock deaths, but this one is a big deal and I didn't realize it'd be, you know. Yeah. But it really is like Bowie somebody brought up was like, What about David Bowie? I was like, Man, that was close, but I almost felt like that one was coming for so long because David Bowie was so old already. You know what I yeah, mean? He's very old. You know, uh, yeah, he's older. He's way, you know, he's at least he was 15, active the whole time. He's 20 years older, still yeah. active, but it was a little different. He hadn't toured in like, you know, but Van Halen could still yeah. shred, so. you know, yeah, but he'd still do he still it. Still sounded good, yeah. <laughs> well, we saw him. I mean, how we last saw him on stage was at his peak. I think that's obviously how he would like that to be. You know, he still sounded really good. He did a lot of television performances in 2015 when they, uh, they came out with their uh, live album, I which mean, it's a lot good. of people really fucking dissed that record. But it, but they, that was the last time they promoted something on TV. And uh, I mean, he left on a great note. They did one more tour, that was amazing. You know, there's a couple right. really good interviews. There's one really lengthy one that he did uh, with the Smithsonian. Uh, that's like 55 minutes that's like really in-depth yes. on his guitar playing yes. about the hammer-ons about like the about the tapping about uh, eruption about the way that he would um, work the guitars putting all the all the inside and outs to the, the inside there's the a couple guitar, of videos by a few luthiers that worked with him yeah. to build replica guitars to some of his older stuff yeah and they are very they're like half hour long things but they're really informative of kind of where he was coming from he knew at the time he knew everything about the guitar and he really just and that was only because really through exper- experimentation he really d- would just go in the guitar and really try to figure out a well, way to get the sound that he wanted i think a, i think a lot of uh uh a, a big thing that a lot of people don't understand is that uh the time guitars were not really uh mm-hmm. from the factory made to do the stuff right that he was that he doing. was doing yeah like for example the uh the pickups in them the the magnetic components that actually mm-hmm. sense the string vibrations uh what we we use for the that type of music now uh we use like stronger magnets so they have a higher output they have a higher de- uh 
a higher resistance, mm-hmm. electronic resistance, so they end up having uh, a higher output when you hook them up to an amplifier and they distort more and all this other stuff. And eventually, it really makes, like, when you hammer on and pull off, makes all that stuff easier. Yeah. Uh, also, guitars were not made with... Uh, they have things like like the amount of like the fingerboard is has a radius. It's like rounded, mm-hmm. and uh, the rounder it is, the the less distance you can bend notes before they fret out. But the flatter it is, you can bend notes farther without them fretting out. Mm. So people were starting to modify guitars with flatter radiuses on the fingerboards. They're using bigger aftermarket replacement fret wire that would like jumbo size. Yeah. Uh, And that made it even easier to do the hammer-ons and the pull-offs. And they were getting their guitars with these flat radiuses, giant frets, and like getting the the neck action like super straight so you could get it really low. So it would buzz if you played it. You know, like a lot of my, I, I do that whole shit, like, because I guess from when I grew up, like the way I, my guitars are all set up, like kind of, they all kind of buzz and shit. But when you play through an amplifier, you don't hear that stuff. Yeah. But like, you don't play very hard. If you, if you restrain yourself, if you pull back and can like restrain the amount of, you know, uh, uh, of attack in your right hand, you can get way more dynamics out of it. And mm. also you can give the illusion of playing faster when you have that dynamic range because you're not maxing out all the time. Yeah. Mm. Sounds cool. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Yeah, I it's mean, it's more of a nuanced thing, but it's, it's, he, it's cool. He studied the guitar and he knew it inside and out. And like, and I think, and modifying the guitars and doing all that stuff at home and changing super the, light string. He used eights at one time, I think like something crazy. Yeah. Him, the, him doing those kind of things. Like that was also kind of a revolutionary thing at that time. Yeah. And, uh, and that started with, and that started happening with his having the new amps, his, with his name oh, on also, them. Also, and, and also I think another thing that's, uh, 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 reasonable to bring up yes is the floyd rose tr- double locking tremolo that was oh. what was invented and kind of he didn't start using it until i think like the third van halen album he was doing it kind of just by being really diligent with his whammy bar and stuff and keeping like whammy uh, bar everything lubed up properly you know and all that Pause. shit <laughs> got a lubed whammy bar everybody knows that but uh <laughs> but uh, a guy came along and said, hey, I've got this trem that can not go out of tune ever. And it uh, locked at the nut, at the headstock, like at the top where it tunes, and it locks where the string goes into the bridge. And you can, mm-hmm. once it's in tune, you can just like do crazy stuff, like all the way to where the strings are hanging off the neck to like really tight to back to normal. And it just doesn't go out of tune. I and love doing that. Yeah, it's the money. You like to lock your do. nuts. You like to lock your yeah, nuts. I just wanted to contribute. And then so locking down, you lube a bar and you I fucking get started. Eruption. Eruption. Lubey whammy bar, everybody. As soon as you see my headstock, you'll notice that my nuts are locked. Whoa. Yeah. And I've well. lubed them into that Ew. headstock. Thank All you right. very much, guys, for listening. Sauce season, episode 154. Salutes to Eddie Van Halen. Salute. Salutes to all of you for listening. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Instagram, Bandcamp, all of the wonderful things. More coming soon. Check out Trash Tech. Trash Tech episode two. SOS podcast. SOS. Yeah. Yeah. Check out RVA Mag. 
RBA magazine. Check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, check that out. RBA magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, check out all of our Hustle Season playlists on Spotify. All right. Check out No BS Brass Band. No BS Brass Band. Gabe's new TikTok. Check out Jay. Where he twirls. He's going to be twirling and dancing on TikTok soon enough. Yeah, 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 boy. All right. Check out my guitar. Check it out. All right. Do we have anything else? That's it. That's it. I was going to say, but like, we'll, we'll check in next week, but uh, I'm sure there's good, because whenever there's a musical icon that dies, you know, always comes, a bunch of tributes. Man, oh, tribute. So let's keep an eye out for those. For the, see, the, all the, all have the a little best and worse. Oh, yeah. That was a great tribute by James. Mm, it was James, good. Yeah, James, great tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Van Halen, the guide. The guide. The Hustle Season Podcast. Peace. Go. Go. Go.